story twelve of day and night stories by algernon blackwood this librivox recording is in the public domain story twelve a bit of wood he found himself in mirren with some cousins who had various slight ailments but being rich and imaginative had gone to a sanatorium to be cured but for its sanatoria mirren might be a cheerful place their ubiquity reminds a healthy man too often that the air is really good being well enough himself except for a few mental worries he went to a gasthouse in the neighbourhood in the sanatorium his cousins complained bitterly of the food the ignorant sisters the inattentive doctors and the idiotic regulations generally which proves that people should not go to a sanatorium unless they are really ill however they paid heavily for being there so felt that something was being accomplished and were annoyed when he called each day for tea and told them cheerfully how much better they looked which proved again that their ailments were slight and quite curable by the local doctor at home with one of the ailing cousins a rich and pretty girl he believed himself in love it was a three weeks business and he spent his mornings walking in the surrounding hills his mind reflective analytical and ambitious as with a man in love he thought of thousands of things he mooned once for instance he paused beside a rivulet to watch the buttercups dip and asked himself will she be like this when we're married so anxious to be well that she thinks fearfully all the time of getting ill for if so he felt he would be bored he knew himself accurately enough to realize that he never could stand that yet money was a wonderful thing to have and he already thirty-five had little enough am i influenced by her money then he asked himself and so went on to ask and wonder about many things besides for he was of a reflective temperament and his father had been a minor poet and doubt crept in he felt a chill he was not much of a man perhaps thin-blooded and unsuccessful rather a dreamer too into the bargain he had a hundred pounds a year of his own and a position in a philanthropic institution due to influence with a nominal salary attached he meant to keep the latter after marriage he would work just the same nobody would ever say that of him and as he sat on the fallen tree beside the rivulet idly knocking stones into the rushing water with his stick he reflected upon those banal truisms that epitomize two-thirds of life the way little unimportant things can change a person's whole existence was the one his thought just now had fastened on his cousin's chill and headache for instance caught at a gloomy picnic on the campagna three weeks before had led to her going into a sanatorium and being advised that her heart was weak that she had a tendency to asthma that gout was in her system and that a treatment of x-rays radium sun-baths and light-baths violet rays no meat complete rest with big daily fees to experts with european reputations were imperative from the chill sitting a moment too long in the shadow of a forgotten patrician tomb he reflected has come all this all this including his doubts as to whether it was herself or her money that he loved whether he could stand living with her always 
whether he need really keep his work on after marriage in a word his entire life and future and her own as well all from that tiny chill three weeks ago and he knocked with his stick a little piece of sawn-off board that lay beside the rushing water upon that bit of wood his mind his mood then fastened itself it was triangular a piece of sawn-off wood brown with age and ragged once it had been part of a triumphant hopeful sapling on the mountains then when thirty years of age the men had cut it down the rest of it stood somewhere now at this very moment in the walls of a house this extra bit was cast away as useless it served no purpose anywhere it was slowly rotting in the sun but each tap of the stick he noticed turned it sideways without sending it over the edge into the rushing water it was obstinate it doesn't want to go in he laughed his father's little talent cropping up in him but by jove it shall and he pushed it with his foot but again it stopped stuck endways against a stone he then stooped picked it up and threw it in it plopped and splashed and went scurrying away downhill with the bubbling water even that scrap of useless wood he reflected rising to continue his aimless walk and still idly dreaming even that bit of rubbish may have a purpose and may change the life of some one somewhere and then went strolling through the fragrant pine woods crossing a dozen similar streams and hitting scores of stones and scraps and fir cones as he went till he finally reached his guest house an hour later and found a note from her we shall expect you about three o'clock we thought of going for a drive the others feel so much better it was a revealing touch the way she put it on the others he made his mind up then and there thus tiny things divide the course of life that he could never be happy with such an affected creature he went for that drive sat next to her consuming beauty proposed to her passionately on the way back was accepted before he could change his mind and is now the father of several healthy children and just as much afraid of getting ill or of their getting ill as she was fifteen years before the female of course matures long long before the male he reflected thinking the matter over in his study once and that scrap of wood he idly set in motion out of impulse also went its destined way upon the hurrying water that never dared to stop proud of its new-found motion it bobbed down merrily spinning and turning for a mile or so dancing gaily over sunny meadows brushing the dipping buttercups as it passed through vineyards woods and under dusty roads in neat cool gutters and tumbling headlong over little waterfalls until it neared the plain and so finally it came to a wooden trough that led off some of the precious water to a sawmill where bare-armed men did practical and necessary things at the parting of the ways its angles delayed it for a moment undecided which way to take it wobbled and upon that moment's wobbling hung tragic issues issues of life and death unknowing yet assuredly not unknown it chose the trough it swung light-heartedly into the tearing sluice it whirled with the gush of water towards the wheel 
banged spun trembled caught fast in the side where the cogs just chanced to be and abruptly stopped the wheel at any other spot the pressure of the water must have smashed it into pulp and the wheel have continued as before but it was caught in the one place where the various tensions held it fast immovably it stopped the wheel and so the machinery of the entire mill it jammed like iron the particular angle at which the double-handed saw held by two weary and perspiring men had cut it off a year before just enabled it to fit and wedge itself with irresistible exactitude the pressure of the tearing water combined with the weight of the massive wheel to fix it tight and rigid and in due course a workman it was the foreman of the mill came from his post inside to make investigations he discovered the irritating item that caused the trouble he put his weight in a certain way he strained his hefty muscles he swore and the scrap of wood was easily dislodged he fished the morsel out and tossed it on the bank and spat on it the great wheel started with a mighty groan but it started a fraction of a second before he expected it would start he overbalanced clutching the revolving framework with a frantic effort shouted swore leaped at nothing and fell into the pouring flood in an instant he was turned upside down sucked under drowned he was engaged to be married and had put by a thousand kronen in the tiroler sparbank he was a sober and hard-working man there was a paragraph in the local paper two days later the englishman asking the porter of his gasthaus for something to wrap up a present he was taking to his cousin in the sanatorium used that very issue as he folded its crumpled and recalcitrant sheets with sentimental care upon the precious object his eye fell carelessly upon the paragraph being of an idle and reflective temperament he stopped to read it it was headed unglücksfall and his poetic eye inherited from his foolish rhyming father caught the pretty expression fließendes wasser he read the first few lines some fellow with a picturesque tyrolese name had been drowned beneath a mill-wheel he was popular in the neighbourhood it seemed he had saved some money and was just going to be married it was very sad our reader's sympathy was with him and being of a reflective temperament the englishman thought for a moment while he went on wrapping up the parcel he wondered if the man had really loved the girl whether she too had money and whether they would have had lots of children and been happy ever afterwards and then he hurried out towards the sanatorium i shall be late he reflected such little unimportant things delay one End of story twelve.